0: Let's get on with the show. All
1: right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Marsha Dashko, who is the CEO and founder of Marsha Dashko and Associates. She also is the author of the book, Pivot, Disrupt, Transform, How Leaders Beat the Odds and Survive. You can learn more about her and her company and her, and, and her book at m-dashko.com. That's spelled M-D-A-S-Z-K-O.com. Marsha, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to have you on this show today. Uh, why don't we just start off by asking um, by asking you, what is your company about and who do you like to work with?
2: So I've worked with, I've been so fortunate. I've got to say that up front. Mm. Um, I have worked across all sectors, I think, mm. of Uh, organizations, whether it's uh, corporate, the fortune 100 or corporations to small private, privately held companies Mm -hmm. to local and global nonprofits to education and healthcare government agencies, the U S Navy. So it's run the gamut. So when people say, so focus on your niche, it's (laughs) like, I work with executives and their teams, in order to help them pivot, tr- um, transform, and, you know, change at a transformation level, not just mere improvement, mere change, mm-hmm. because that doesn't always take them to the next levels. And then they they end up with bold results that they never before imagined. And that's transformation. So it's all about transformational change, working yeah. with leaders to help them pivot and go where they've never been before for their transformation.
1: Yeah, I really love the idea of transformation. Let's talk a little bit about the, um, like the how-to of that. Because I think um, everyone always says, like, yeah, you got to adapt, you got to pivot. But like, how do you, I mean, in general, how do you do that? And how do you teach your clients how to do that? Well, when I work with my clients, I first assess how they think,
2: where they're at, and I take them from wherever that is to mm-hmm. the future. Mm. So I first need that systems view, and then immediately I give them the feedback and say, okay, these. this is the summary of what I've seen, what I've observed, what I've heard, and then these are my recommendations to the future. The Mm -hmm. the next step is always education. So Mm -hmm. we immediately go into a two or three day education session so that they learn new concepts, new tools, new ways to think. And it's all experiential. It's Mm -hmm. all hands-on exercises so that I'm not doing, you know, PowerPoints, and telling them things. I'm putting them in a situation. They work that exercise. And then I ask, What did you learn? Mm-hmm. And we deep dive into their feedback about what they learned. And then we take it immediately to, How would you apply that in your organization? Mm-hmm. So it becomes real. After the two days, they walk out of that room together thinking, because they now have a plan. What are they going to do? They have a focus. They have a compelling purpose. That's where the pivoting begins in their mindset. Mm -hmm. And they, they maybe had a fixed mindset because they were stuck with their problems. They were stuck Mm -hmm. with the way that they've always done things. And then they've all already pivoted together, which is essential
1: Mm -hmm. in
2: that two day session. And they, they have a plan to go forward. Mm-hmm. And so that is how they can begin to disrupt themselves, them, their thinking, and disrupt their organization in order to transform it and, uh, again, achieve things they've never achieved before. One of my clients came to me and said, Marsha, I want to take the company from like 30 to 35 or 40 million, mm-hmm. but we have all these problems. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Can you help?" And I said, "I don't know. Let me take a look." And we did. They had no management team. They had a lot of managers that, oh my gosh, they were so dysfunctional and toxic and oh, no. and you know, it was it was
1: bad, one of the
2: worst. But anyway, I took them off site for a few days, and they were even jockeying around where they were going to sit at this big conference room table they would change chairs they didn't want to sit next to somebody (laughs) or across from somebody it was Mm -hmm. pretty bad so but in two days before they left the room they were hugging each other and they said you know they had a hour and a half drive home have a safe drive home they would have never done that when Mm -hmm. they
1: walked in the room Wow, Marsha, that's really incredible. So, from what I'm hearing, with this two-day session, you help um, assess their situation, and then you take them through an experiential, educational, you know, process, um, so that they can apply that to the organization right away. And you do that all in two days.
2: Yes, um, and then then they they go forward and they're applying, and then I work with them over time. Like you know, typically I'll I'll go in a week a month, mm-hmm. so. Uh, a a big driver. The reason that I wrote the book is because I work with organizations, I teach MBA students,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I want and I volunteer a lot. I'm on uh, you know boards of directors, and I wanted to just get this information out to more people, so yeah. so leaders are not struggling so much because if they have this new knowledge. They won't struggle so much and they can, it's, they can have a happy workplace where Mm -hmm. people are truly collaborative and supportive of each other and they choose what they're going to pursue Mm -hmm. and they do that together and they keep improving and innovating and working together. So they open new markets and They think of creative new projects, and they're always making a difference to their customers. And I want them to think bigger than that. I want Mm -hmm. them to think about making the difference, having an impact on society. Mm -hmm. Where do they give back?
1: Wow, I think that's really powerful. I really like the theme of maintaining that collaborative environment, you know, after the two 2-day two session. I'm curious to know um how did you hone it down to 2 days because that sounds um it sounds like you figured something out <laughs> to be able to make that big of a transformation in just 2 days. I mean, obviously there's the follow-up right and the accountability after, but those 2 days are it sounds it sounds really pivotal. <laughs> yeah.
2: Those those two or three days are the foundation. We mm-hmm. continue learning after that. So every let's say that I go there a week a month into mm-hmm. an organization. So we're we're having two days every month mm-hmm. typically because mm-hmm. I'm focusing on the executive team, mm-hmm. um, and, and then I teach all the way through the organization as well. Depending on size of organization, at least you know the the people who have the leverage and we, we need to teach and help them. The, 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 it's one thing to have a lot of concepts and we've heard a lot of concepts in the past, Mm -hmm. but how to apply them. That's where the gap is. Mm -hmm. And, but, but very quickly, as people learn, they can learn and apply. My, Mm -hmm. my focus is, we can talk about something, but I want to see what you do with it. And I also tell you know my students, wherever they are, whether they're in an organization or on a board of directors, I don't care what you say, mm-hmm. I will watch what you do. Because mm-hmm. intellectually, a lot of people understand things. I can give a, a client executive team a pop quiz, and I do it. Mm -hmm. to see where their thinking is. They can actually get all the answers right, but it doesn't mean they're implementing as deeply um, and profoundly as they could. And Mm. I'm not happy unless they are, um, I'm a, I'm a very caring person, but I'm tough. Mm. And it's (laughs) like, and they, they, um, they really need to apply it because if they're not serious, if they, Executives are not committed and serious. I don't even, I won't even work with them because it's like the world has enough issues and I have a short amount of time (laughs) and I want to focus on really working with people that are committed to transform themselves and their organizations. And it's not just, um, I, I mean, I've had more than 25 years of, Amazing consulting experience, and that was due to my mentors. Mm. Dr. Perry Gluckman was one of my mentors. I uh, worked with uh, with him in his consulting organization for several years, and he introduced me to the world famous Dr. W. Edwards Deming, mm. and who helped transform Japan after World War II and make wow. them a global. So Mm. Perry introduced me to Dr. Deming. I attended 20 of Dr. Deming's four day seminars. Mm. And over those years, then I learned how to what what that philosophy of management is, and how to apply it. So because that was the work that that Perry and our colleagues were doing. And then actually, my job was to to do marketing. And after a couple months, Perry said, I want you to do business development. I said, what am I selling? That's when he sent me to Dr. Deming's um, four-day seminar to learn the philosophy. And then Perry said to me one day, "Marsha, you've gotten so many clients, you need to help consult. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that. And mm-hmm. he said, don't worry, we'll teach you. So, and then in that was in the eighties, 1980s, and then in 1993, I lost both of them hmm. uh, to cancer. So, and um, wow. so I thought, now what do I do? Well, we had clients that still needed, uh, you know, they, they were still learning and applying. And so Dell Chemical and Pepsi and some smaller organizations, I continued to work with them. And then I started working with PBS Television Network and, um, and DC area and, a chain of car dealerships owned by Mr. Honda's daughter in Honolulu. So that would and the, the the Pepsi and Dow chemical, they were in, um, that I was working with, they were in Texas. So it was this broad, you know, skipping around to, to help people learn and, and pivot and make that difference.
1: Yeah, Marsha, I just love how you've been everywhere and you've done everything <laughs> and worked with everyone. <laughs> and and the there's fact, so much more to do. And there's so much more to do. And the fact, I love how your I love your attitude and your drive and, you know, kind of like your your youthful spirit of uh, continuing to do this. Even here we are 25 uh, plus years later. And so I have to ask you, um what's your secret? You know, what, what, can, what continues to give you that drive? Uh, I mean, I, I imagine this is exciting, but you tell me yourself, like what keeps you doing what you do in this space? Oh, that's, you know, I love that
2: question. I've <laughs> never been asked that question and <laughs> um, because I m- really need to reflect. Um, I'm a teacher at heart. Ever mm-hmm. since I was a little kid, I would, I would grow grab the neighborhood kids and my little brothers and sisters and say, we're playing school today, like every day. <laughs> so that, that that is a, an internal driver, but I was until I was in my 30s, excruciatingly shy. Wow. I would not speak up. Even in a even in a conference room full of people or like say six people and they and I knew them all, I mm-hmm. would not speak up. I was a writer, not a speaker. Wow. And mm-hmm. But in marketing and corporate communications, I could do that. That was my first career. But once I was starting to work, work with Perry and I had a four hour interview with him um, when he hired me and mm-hmm. it was all about thinking.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How do you think? And then the, the issue was I kept I wouldn't I my work ethic is so strong. I'm from the Midwest. I have a very strong work ethic. So if someone asked me to do something, I would never let them down. Mm. I would do it. So one time I was at a conference, the speaker uh, was asked a question. And she said, I don't really know that answer. But I think I know someone in the audience who does? Mm -hmm. Marsha, would you come up here and answer the question? Mm -hmm. There must have been 500 people in that room. And I had to walk up onto this stage to a microphone when I'm still excruciatingly shy to answer the question. Yeah. All I kept thinking, I think on the way up there was, could I just have a heart attack and I don't have to do this? (laughs) So how I got there was, um, I have a I have the drive to to help and serve. And I think Dr. Deming and, and Perry um, had that. I just feel a huge responsibility. I feel like I have knowledge that will, would be extremely helpful to the leaders in the nation and in the world. And so that's why also um, why I consulted for for many years and and still do to some extent why i wrote the book why i teach mba classes mm-hmm. but also why i'm transitioning more to to speaking mm-hmm. to whether now obviously virtually but um to go out and be able to speak to people whether it's uh, an, a 45 minute keynote speech or it's um facilitating an executive retreat or mm-hmm. uh, having a workshop or a virtual workshop, um, a we- webinar, which actually one of my colleagues John Colby, and I are just kicking off doing a new webinar to mm-hmm. help people. actually, um, it's a it's a holiday party. So many holiday parties are canceled. And so right. virtually, we're going to use the the content, and and he's an uh, John is an up, improv teacher, so we're we're using that platform to engage with people, um, help them develop more um, higher level communication skills and collaboration with each other, and have a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. we're also going to take a look at uh, develop healthier boundaries at work and at home so Mm, we're going to have some education about that especially this time of year and because of the pandemic um how can people get their take get their self-care and um and also put some boundaries around the work and the home and 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 yet find more happiness and more productivity, but at higher quality.
1: Yeah. So uh, that's so beautifully said. And I just love your heart and your passion and um, what you're doing and what you're going to be doing, <laughs> you know, moving forward. And yes. I imagine that I there's, <laughs> uh-huh, I just feel like there's with a, your, with no your no energy, I think, I think with your energy, people are really, I mean, I could tell that um, people are going to enjoy listening to you um, as you start to speak more moving forward.
2: I hope I, I hope I also always am asking the tough questions mm. because um, I think that people, except especially leaders, they get into autopilot mm. and they um, they like let's say they start a company and then they uh, say, okay, we've got so many employees, so now we ha- need to hire an HR manager and the HR manager brings in a lot of the things that they've done for decades and decades, like performance appraisals. Mm -hmm. If I ask companies, well, what are your values? They'll always mention teamwork, collaboration, cooperation. And then I say, I ask, do you have performance appraisals where you rank and rate people? And they Mm -hmm. go, yes, of course. And I say, okay, tell me how the value... Your value of collaboration matches with creating internal competition. Mm. And then you link the performance appraisals to a compensation system, and often you connect that to incentives and arbitrary numerical goals to for individuals versus us the system. And you you match these incentives and merit pay and so forth. And by the time you've Le- you've chunked all this complexity and one bad thing one one management fad or quote unquote best practice on top of each other Com- organizations are full mm. of management fads and best practices and those are the things that are destroying companies so wow. leaders struggle Because, okay, let's say they get to the fork in the road, they've got problems, and people get into this problem-solving mindset. That's not good enough. Mm. They need to transform their thinking. They just can't improve the junk they already have. It's like putting, like I mentioned in the book, it's like putting strawberry jam on green moldy bread. Oh, yikes. It's like, (laughs) don't do that you've got to take away the things that are eating away at your organization first Mm -hmm. and then bring in new thinking and new systems and processes new ways to develop your people so that all of those parts work together it's it's about optimizing the whole system not sub optimizing the organization because when leaders get to that fork in the road and if they go with the old mindset and the and the management fads and best practices that they that have been around for decades and they put the they just go with those things in place they will struggle decline and eventually fail That is why more than 60% of our Fortune 500 companies that were on the list in 1955, Mm -hmm. why 60% of them are gone. Can you imagine Boeing, IBM, Amazon, Apple disappearing? Mm -hmm. Well, if they have an old mindset and they don't transform, eventually they will because we've seen companies Disappear like you know uh, uh, it was Blockbuster and uh, Montgomery Ward and Eastern Airlines and Pan Am and they're they're gone and um, so so when when there's the fork in the road and some leaders go one direction and fail and I can tell within an hour of talking to a, an executive team which way they're going to go because it's their language, it's their mindset, it's their vocabulary. And um, others, other great leaders, will want to continually be committed to learning, to developing their people. And they think in terms of what's our compelling purpose? By what method will we accomplish that? They, They use a strategic compass that I have, In the book Mm -hmm. and that actually that one page with five questions a CEO of a fortune 100 company a global nonprofit a small private company a school superintendent a teacher in the classroom they can all use the strategic compass to accomplish what they want to accomplish because from the compelling purpose to by what method will we accomplish it to their strategies, to what are our values, what do we stand for, and who are our customers, and what do they need, and how do we know? Mm-hmm. How, the, how do we know is that's where you go for your data. And organizations that think that tons of data are important, that is not true at all. You you don't need a lot of data. You need the right data. Mm -hmm. And so that you are looking at what are we learning? It's always about what are we learning about the quality of everything we do, whether it's our relationships, our customers, our work processes, our communication, we need to understand how we're doing. So um, once we know our customers our markets then we can say what are our measures Mm -hmm. what what are our measures of progress and success both of them not just the bottom line take the focus focus take the focus off of the bottom line and think of the ways that create the bottom line Mm -hmm. those are the things that that need to be transformed and so with that strategic compass, then great leaders can will think about what are the possibilities? What are the opportunities? What can we create? Um, and it's not good enough to ask customers, well, what do you need? What do you want? That's okay. But it's more important to anticipate what the customers need and want. hmm Because then, as the leadership team, you can create the future. You can think about, it's like Dr. Deming said, no one asked for the fax machine, the electric light. Who asked for the Apple Watch?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Who asked for the iPhone? Whoever thought that we would be using our phone for a camera? Yeah. Well, Marsha, I... Ask for
1: that. Yeah. Well, I I definitely feel like we've only scratched the surface um, with all the things that you need to teach, and I definitely believe that people should look into your book: Pivot, Disrupt, Transform: How Leaders Beat the Odds and Survive. Um, Until then, uh, unfortunately, we have to get going. All good things eventually have to come to an end. Uh, But Marcia, I want to thank you again so much for your time. Thank you for your knowledge, your wisdom, your passion, and your drive. You know, to be helping all of our leader, our executive leaders today, um, and their organizations. Thank you for having me. It was great fun to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to our listeners, once again, this is Marsha Dashko. She is the CEO and founder of Marsha Dashko and Associates. You can learn more about her and her company at um, mdashko.com. That's spelled M-D-A-S-Z-K-O.com. With that said, thanks so much for joining us and we'll chat with you next time.